This podcast is brought to you by Vinzero. Vinzero pioneers solutions and services to the AEC and manufacturing industries to support net zero targets. Visit vinzero.com to learn more about how organisations design, build and solve through digitalisation. From Vinzero to you, welcome to our Think Future podcast series. Each week we'll share conversations with industry leaders from around the world to find out how they're thinking future. Subscribe to Vinzero Think Future for access to more episodes, interviews and profiles. This week we are sharing This Sustainable Life, Soul for Nature podcast series produced by Eugene Bible. Based in Honolulu, Hawaii, Eugene holds a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering. Eugene works day-to-day in the built environment and devotes his spare time to his personal sustainability vision, building a community dedicated to living better sustainably. Eugene caught up with Vinzero CEO Paul Laycock in Honolulu recently to share Paul's thoughts on the sustainability road ahead. Join me now as we listen to Paul and Eugene share their conversation. Welcome to This Sustainable Life, Solve for Nature. Our guests are the heroes that are working to save our world from climate change, pollution, and the destruction of our natural world. We hear their stories and solutions and then offer them a chance to take on a challenge to make their own lives more joyful and fulfilling by exploring their values. We focus on awareness of the environment and action. Join us in building a community dedicated to living better sustainably. Hello and welcome everyone to This Sustainable Life Solve for Nature. Today, I'm here talking to Paul Laycock. Paul, how are you? I'm great, Eugene. Great. Great to, great to be here. Thank you so much. Um, none of the listeners are going to know this, but actually this is my first time having a podcast guest here in person. So I'm really, really excited. This is, this is going to be a whole new challenge for well, me. Well, this is the first time I've done a podcast, so it's two, two good challenges for the day. Great. Yeah, I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a whole new challenge for me. It's, it's definitely weird when you have someone sitting right in front of you as opposed to just looking at them on a screen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're here visiting Hawaii. How long have you been here now? I've uh, been over here about four days. So we brought my um, my sea level group from all around the world together just to start to set a bit of strategy for the, for the coming year. And then uh, I'm off to a supplier event now for the next week, and then off to London and, and Ireland to visit some some companies that we've that are part of our group. So a bit of a busy trip, but exciting. Fantastic. Okay, so you're the CEO of VinZero. Can you tell us a little bit about what VinZero is and what you do? Yeah. Okay. So VinZero is is the the name we've given to bringing together a group of companies from around the world, out of Australia, the USA, the UK. Um, Europe and, and India and we primarily provide technology and training technology uh, and help manage data in the, the architectural engineering and construction marketplace. So we really have an input I guess into a lot of infrastructure whether it's housing, roads, bridges, high-rise buildings, you name it, cars, manufacturing goods. So we really touch everything that we we really do. We're a part of it at the very, very beginning, providing the technology and, and how to go about using it. Fantastic. So so you guys aren't actually doing the construction. You're helping other companies achieve those net zero goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's where we, it, 
we see it as a, our primary role for us and we sat to, to think about what we wanted to achieve out of our business long term and we wanted to really drive to help this whole industry I guess digitalize itself but become more efficient and more effective and it's okay to go and do things to say people are more can make them more profitable but that didn't really I guess just excite us but when we started thinking about what can we do and how can we change what we do to enable architects and engineers and designers the ability to utilize processes and utilize products and have access to this information to make a difference towards stepping towards net zero. You'll hear me say a lot of times stepping towards net zero because I just believe it is, it's a step. You know, I have a farm as well, a large cattle property and we all want to move towards something, but it's, it's not something that you should achieve in, in one hit. It's a step. And, and I think if, if people realise they can take a little step, another step and another step, then before long, we've actually completed a, a fair journey and made a, made a big difference. It doesn't have to be something scary. So what can you tell me then about what it is that you're actually doing? So you're, you're providing digital solutions, right? You're, you guys are, are you actually on site also at these sites, helping them and instructing them? And what, what exactly is it, what does it mean for the companies that you're helping? Okay, so we're, we're basically providing them the technology they use to do the designs and to do the modeling and, and, and the full drawing specifying. Also the coordination of the projects, the, the selections, um, so all the specifications, so we provide that technology, but we also train all their people on how to use it. And then we also consult on the best processes and using the technology to make it more efficient. And we're really driving towards people or with these companies, getting them to digitally produce what they're going to build first and analyze that so we get a far more efficient process and we, we cut down on, on wastage and, and we make it more efficient and um, you know, try to, just try to do a better job. I feel like that means you're going to have to be like collecting a lot of data and stuff on the construction sites, right? They probably don't have a whole lot of systems in place to collect data. I mean, I work on on construction sites a lot and it's we we don't we're not really tracking, you know, how much waste we're getting rid of or how much CO2 we're emitting and those kinds of things. So I imagine there'd be a lot of data collection involved. Look, there is. And the great thing is there already is a lot of lot of data out there. But what's what the the problem is? It's not connected, and it's not all in one system, so people can can actually access and understand what's going on. So as we connect from the now from the digital design to then the what's happening through the documentation and then the construction, we're connecting every one of these groups together. So when somebody's out on site, if there's some, if there's wastage, they can actually mark that up on their on their iPad or or on their phone and communicate that back. So there's, we really want that communication process backwards and forwards, and I guess just a lot more efficient. So does that mean that you're collecting data on each individual construction site, or are you kind of looking at the construction industry as a whole and then deciding how to move forward from there? Yes, yeah, so it's really, it's both approaches because we're trying to help the industry know what data to collect themselves. And then what we want to be able to do is use that that data and assess that data to help drive for industry industry changes, and it, it, a lot of information is out there, but it's all in silos. For, for instance, we know that architects and designers or engineers they want to pick something that's that's 
whether it's environmentally friendly, more efficient, more effective, you know, carbon neutral. They, they want to select these things, but it's very, very hard to have access to, to what to select. So whether it's something simple like an oven or it could be, you know, a type of glass or for them to go and search all that, it, it's almost comes down to how good the company that's selling it is doing the marketing. So what we're enabling is we've, we've started working with a lot of manufacturers and we've got all their content in digital. And then we're then through them and through other bodies, we're assessing how good that is towards towards being carbon neutral and, and being sustainable. And then the architects can simply go into a library and pick that exactly knowing that it's a step towards where, they, where they've got to be. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, so to, what kind of data then is it that are you collecting? Are, are we talking about carbon emissions? Are we talking about the physical waste that they're removing? Both? Both really. So, so if we're talking to manufacturers and they're supplying, so we look at the supply chain. So whether it's somebody who might be supplying timber goods, etc., then we want to trap the, the data. Is it, is it sustainable? Is, is it, you know, is it, or are they, are they taken out of something that's not sustainable? And then if it is sustainable, the architects can see that clearly and pick that and specify that immediately. So different categories of what they do. But then just through our processes, and getting the industry better digitally set up and managing the processes even on site with construction, we know we can cut down wastage. There's so much wastage in the construction industry. So much stuff goes in the bin. So much stuff goes into, into landfill. So we can do that by just being more efficient and having our quantities specified better, having our timings better so we don't end up with a concrete truck on site two hours too late or two hours too early then that just gets dumped as as waste so it, it all it just to me it's just a step in every one of those every one of those areas and as we start to get more and more efficient then we drive for more efficiency and then suddenly we're going to be a, a, a long way ahead i mean even the agriculture industry in all fairness has probably come a long way ahead of even the construction industry you know, it's so we have to make we have to make these 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 changes. We've seen what the car industry is doing. You know, the the move to electric cars. We're seeing all this, but our houses are not getting really that much smarter. Right. Huh. Yeah. I I didn't even think about that. Like you had mentioned that you're you're not even only talking about the the stuff that's going out of the construction site, but the stuff that's coming in too. So you're monitoring both the stuff coming into the sites and the stuff that they're using and the stuff that's going out and being thrown away and wasted. Absolutely. So, and when you look at it, if they can track their costs of what's happening during the construction and they realize what that waste is costing them, then they're going to start to reduce that waste. And immediately it means we're just going to be using less products. So, so that's a great step forward as well. But like you said, if, if we're bringing materials in and we know they're sustainable and we know they're, they're the most sustainable we can get and, and you know, whether that's an oven and you're looking at, you know, energy efficiency, cool, you know, if it's air conditioners, all, all, those type, all those types of things, if we can pick the most suitable, suitable product and it's at their fingertips to, to, to select it, I believe they will, and that will make a massive difference because suddenly every design that's happening around the world has a focus on just trying to be more sustainable. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's got to be one of the biggest challenges for you is that the construction industry is such a broad field also. You're not just talking about, you know, just trying to make a house that's sustainable. I mean, construction covers 
a huge range of things um, that ensure um, that include you know mechanical engineering, civil engineering. You must be covering all different types of fields. So you must ha be having to collect all kinds of different kinds of data. How do you even deal with the broadness of the industry? It, in, a, in a way, I think it's becoming a lot easier because of the community's push for sustainability. And because of the community's push, I think manufacturers, when they are building goods and, 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 and manufacturing goods, have it in mind. And because the community wants it, then the manufacturers start to market it. And so therefore, they're actually trapping what, what they're building the, the products with and is it sustainable and, and, and measuring that. So we can access that information directly, directly from the manufacturer. And, and then we build, that, we build that into sustainable libraries that are available on a website all around the world for someone just to go and click on that and, and put it into a drawing and the manufacturer's right there in front of, front of the, the designers. So, so whether that's, you know, to be honest, whether that's, that's timber, it's glass, it's carpet, it, it doesn't matter what's coming into, into the building site. It gets a bit more complicated around um, roads and, and, and bridges and, 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 th and things like that. But, but again, around all these areas, there's lighting, there's use of solar for lighting, there, there's, so, there's just so many things uh, and wastage in those areas. So where it's not going to be necessarily the sustainability of the, of the product, it's going to be, well, let's, if it's not sustainable, how do we make sure we use it as efficiently as we can? But when there are inventions and things come along, it could be recycled, rubber tyres, all these things, it's there. People have access to it and get to understand it easier and decide where they can use it. And they can digitally model it in the, in the, in the buildings and actually then assess whether it's, what it's, whether it's going to do the job or not. So it just gives us a chance to really think about what we're, what we're doing. But even take it to a, a greater scale where, you know, there's places in the world now that will build a city. They'll go out right. and they'll, build, they'll just build a city, yeah. right? But if we can build a city and we can plug in all sorts of people into that, so it could be an agronomist, an agricultural scientist, a solar expert, a hydro expert, and who knows, maybe the gardens around the buildings are, are actually herbs. And, and, you know, there's so many there's so many things that we need to do as far as our, our food supply and our sustainability, but how we, we get people places to live more affordably and and get more people with roofs over there because there's a major issue across the world major issue people cannot get houses yeah rental houses are not available we've seen the the price of property and houses go through go through the roof you know the effects of covid and you know it's a bit bit hard to follow the the whole trend of what's ha <laughs> what's happened but there is a real issue so I think we're going to see the designs of homes that there's a lot more shared areas, a lot more shared, like there could be an electric car that, that you know, buildings or people share and use. There is just going to be a different way of doing things. And, and when we start doing it in a bigger scale, and that could be a, a, a whole suburb or it could be, as I said, a whole city. You know, with the, with the metaverse on our hands now and the amount of way we can use data, we could completely digitally build that entire city and assess what happens with every bit of water that hits it, what happens with the sunlight, how do we produce the energy, can we produce enough energy from solar paneling to, to, to cover what, can we cover all that and put something back into the grid, recycle that water back for doing all our gardens. You know, there's, there's so, much, so much we can do, but it, it, 
takes some thinking and it's going to mean we've got to connect our construction industry with the agricultural industry, environments, you know, environmental um, approaches. We need to connect a lot more, a lot more people in there to help drive what we build. Yeah, I feel like we've seen this this shift. Like I've seen some of these. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the solar punk movement. No, it's, it's this new kind of. I, I don't know if you know like cyberpunk. Have you heard of cyberpunk? Or there there are these different genres of punk okay. industries where they all kind of imagine these kind of dystopian futures and yeah, things yeah. like that. They're kind of like these art aesthetics. Yeah. But uh, solar punk is this one that kind of imagines this this future. Where, where humans have kind of reached this balance level with nature. And so there's all these pictures of, of just buildings that are, you know, they, they're built with trees and plants and things built into them, you know, and, and like there are all these kinds of cool things. And you see these cool pictures and things of, of these, you know, new age apartment buildings where, yeah, the living spaces are smaller, but then like, the actual bedrooms and things are, are much smaller, but you see like these communal areas, you know, where everybody is living in something that's kind of like an apartment building, but much more social and things like that. And so sometimes I wonder, you know, like maybe is, is that a future that is maybe not only more sustainable, but maybe more healthy for us as well, mentally. Without a doubt, there's going to be a trend towards that. And I, I think our younger generations will drive that. And if you think about our older generations are already using it. So how many big retirement villages are there now where people go and, and they have shared resources and things? That, and that's down to people from the age of 50 going go to places like that. So we're actually seeing it at people's later end of life because they need a bit more help and a bit more support. And, and, and um, you know, they want more of a social outing rather than being locked away on their own. So it's not hard to imagine that we could do that when people are younger universities for instance are already doing it so okay. so if even if at the moment we replaced first home buyers and possibly some second home buyers and had them in environments like that it would make a massive difference to, to the affordability of of of, of um, living spaces but then having those living spaces that are so much so much smarter yeah. you know we have so much so many electronics and and you know, not only ways just to to be more efficient, but to enjoy our lives better. And we just, we don't get this. It's like smartphones. I mean, how smart are phones really? Everyone talks about the smartphone. I don't find my phone that useful. <laughs> if I got up in the morning and my phone said, you know, look, you, you, you've got out of bed, but there's a little bit of traffic. So I've organized you to, to stop here, have a cup of coffee. You can do this phone, phone call from here, then go to this and go do that. Right. Then it's a smartphone, but all it is at the moment, I, they're just social outlets and people just want to hook up socially and 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 all all this um approach goes but our technology can be so much smarter towards living a healthier life and a more sustainable life rather than than i guess just all on the i don't know the the fun side i'm not not quite sure even how to how how to how to say that but but i was just walking through a restaurant last night and as i walked through I believe 60 to 70% of everybody sitting around tables were on their phone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that all the time too. Oh. But I, I do feel like 
the the younger generation has this this kind of push for sustainability and things but on, on the construction side since i work in construction i work with some of these guys that have been in construction for 40 years 50 years 60 years there there is not a whole lot of a push for more sustainable construction on that side i wonder do, what do you feel from the the companies and things that you work with? Is this is this something that they're like excited to do and they want to do, or is this something that's more like, oh god, we got to do this because this is this makes our company look better now and we got to do this? Are you looking for a digitalization and net zero partner to help you achieve your goals? Join the thousands of AEC and manufacturing customers globally who have turned to Vinzero to start their journey toward a net zero future. With 32 offices around the world, Vinzero can connect you to the right technologies and workflow processes, so you can maintain your competitive position and increase profitability. Vinzero has an industry expert to help you navigate the best pathway forward, wherever you are on your digitalization and net zero journey. Visit vinzero.com to find out more. I think there's a lot of the designers really want to do it. I think when it comes to the people on the ground putting putting the concrete in and the nails in the timber, I think there's probably some resistance there because it's it's a, a significant change and, and it's different to what, what they've done. Yeah. But ultimately, I think history tells us industries change when the consumer wants it to change. When the consumer starts demanding things and that's what they want, mm-hmm. industry has to change. So what we're getting now and what we're going to get as these new generations come along is they're going to request that. They're going to want that. They'll pay extra for it, but it's going to be what they want. So the designers will have to design it and then the construction industry will have to build it. Yeah, man, God, I I would love to see that happen. I hope that that happens on a timeline that that is... I guess, fast enough for climate change and taking on some of these problems that are starting to come up recently? Look, I think so. COVID's probably, in a way, pushed this to to happen quicker. Really? Because I think when we look before COVID come out, the younger generations weren't even thinking about having housing. And there wasn't really that thought thought process. It it was that they had just a different mindset to things. But I think since COVID and we've had all these lockdowns and there's places like some places in Australia where it just felt like they've been locked away in jail for a long, long time, right? But I think people now are valuing the space that they live and the quality of the space that that they, they, they live in and, and how they interact. So I think, you know, nothing is going to happen overnight when you look at our global infrastructure because there's so much existing stuff. So, so you're talking about what's being built, then you're talking about... You're talking about um, renovations and, and updating. But the fact is, the sooner we start, the sooner the journey gets there, but, or sooner we, the journey gets to where we need it to be. But what I, I, I honestly believe that the consumer is starting to push this way. And as we see now, the first home buyers' homes now go to their second home. I think we're going to see a great push on that. I think when we get second home buyers going to the third, so they're probably a bit more, um, bit more, um, I guess, better off as far as you know, um, financial situation. And they're going to, they may not push for a bigger home. They may push for a smarter home and a more, more efficient home. So, you know, you just, you just look, and I can look out the window here, and there's so many roofs, but 
you know, I know there's people working on where you don't need to put tiles or tin on a roof. You just put solar panels on a roof. Solar panels can be can be your roof. Yeah, sure. And and then if that becomes a big volume thing, then we can make solar panels more sustainable. And what are we going to do with solar panels when they're no longer around? All these things start to come in come into play. But but if you know you ask somebody ten years ago, would they see so many solar panels on roofs? And people said, oh no, it's not it's not going to happen right. that quickly. But as our electricity costs go up then st- people start to do it. I was talking to um, the the CEO f- of our UK business and there's a there's a tax now if you go a certain way into London where I think it's 15 pound and then if you go into the next centre you pay 35. So you're paying 35 pound to drive your car into a town. Holy cow. So you know it, it, these things start the, the consumer starts to go I don't want to do that. Right. So then they start getting they all start getting on public transport then suddenly public transport is going to be even more pushed they go well, how do I do this? Well, I just need to get an electric car. I need, I, ne- I need to do something different. So I'm not paying that and I can still do what I want to do and I still have the freedoms I want. So it's I don't think it's, this is ever going to happen as fast as the, we all may want it to happen, but it is happening. And coming from a rural background and, I, and I've got a farm and you know a lot of people think, well, farmers aren't up about the environment, but they are. Farmers are typically, and you're going to say, typically about sustainability. Right. They want their land to go on. They want their land to be healthy. Yeah, so, definitely. So then we look at things like that and go, well, why can't we be designing solar farms that, that sit out and wind farms that sit out on farming land, but we can still graze around them so we can still, and we can still crop around and we can still do these things. So it's going to open up a whole new industry of, of, of what we do. And it's not all about, okay, carbon credits, we just go and plant more trees. That's all a great help, but it's not necessarily the only sustainable way to do it. When we bring sustainability, so this week we can talk about environmentally friendly, talk about all those things, and you can come up with any idea you want. But when you talk about sustainability, it has to be sustainable for the country, the people, the people who own the land, the people who use it. So we have to look for things that are financially stable and, and can be sustainable that keeps things moving in the direction that we want to, that we want to move and not seen as a cost it's it's seen as a way to enhance what we do. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say given that you've got this company, VinZero, and you've got the farm, I would say that it's probably pretty safe to say that you care about the environment. Would that be an accurate thing to say? Absolutely. Yeah, look, a- a- absolutely. I care about the environment. You know, and again, it's, it's, it's all about it's all about how much you, you apply and, and you can't be all one way or all the other way. It's about the steps and it's about being as sensible as we sensible as we can and taking steps in the in, in the right the right direction. I would love to make my farming carbon neutral. Wow. And and we're actually we're 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 thinking and working on how to how to, how to do those things. Wow. And you know, there's even now feed you can give cattle that that reduces their their methane production, and there's, there's all sorts of things. And when people start thinking about how to do these things, we find solutions. And there's so many smart people out there. Yeah. And there's new generations coming along. It's going to be a whole new industries based around this, which is ex- really exciting. Really exciting. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, we must have some great experiences there on the farm. I wonder, on this show, we frequently ask this question of what the environment means to you. And when I first started doing this, I assumed everyone was gonna kind of have the same answer. You know, oh, it's, it's, it's the ocean and the trees and the forest, that's the environment. But I found that 
everyone kind of has a deeper, more personal meaning of the environment. Like for some people, maybe it's this forest that they used to go camping in as a kid, or maybe they remember this beach that they went to recently, or maybe maybe it was something negative. You know, maybe they went to Thailand and they saw one of those beaches just covered in trash, and and that really, when they think of the environment, that really hits them. Um, so I wonder, in your own experiences, what does the environment mean to you? Do you think of specific memories or specific places when you think about the environment? Well, I'm lucky. I have the memories, but I still get to live it. So when I get get out of bed in the morning and I go out and I put a saddle on my horse and I ride out into the mountains and you breathe the air and you look around and it's quiet, it's silent, birds and and... You know, we're working with cattle and we're we're out in that environment. It's just nothing better. Yeah. There's there's just nothing better. It's about being able to breathe. Yeah. As soon as air quality's not there, you can't breathe. Right. And and you know, if a good healthy environment, you've got good fresh air, beautiful water. I can still hop off a horse in my place and go down to the creek and drink water straight out. Really. That's that's pretty incredible. And we need to maintain that. We need to provide that for our kids and and, and our grand our grandkids and for generation generations on. So, I think everybody is attached to attached to the environment. I think it's just people don't necessarily get all the right information. So then things get stereotyped, like we said about farmers and even about the construction industry. You know, we, we say it needs a lot of transformation, but there's still a lot of people in the construction industry trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. and, and trying to trying to do this. And we've got designers already doing that today. It's just how we scale how we scale that up. But right. somewhere in the middle of all this, you know, people will find the the right combination of, of how and where they live and the environment mm-hmm. and, and, and where they go that this that hopefully will meet their requirements and be sustainable. Right. So what I'm hearing from what you're saying is I'm, I'm hearing from the environment, you get a sense of, of quiet, of calm, of peace, but there's also this sense of wanting to support it, wanting to protect the environment. Is that, is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. You know, and I've got quite a, you know, quite a large parcel of, of, of land and, whether we're riding around or, or driving around, you're looking at what you can do to improve the land. And, and sometimes that's improve the productivity of the land, but not at to the detriment of the land. Right. So, so that, that's, that's the, you know, that's the, the important thing. And, and, and you know, we, we hear and people talk about the massive clearing of land for farming. And, and look, I, I, that's got to be managed. It's got to be managed properly. But if we can support the farms that already have this land and help them be more sustainable as well, would be fantastic and look at our manufacturing industry we have to start designing and manufacturing in country right. we, we then we have more control but when we're just going out to certain countries and they're doing all our manufacturing and i said this on an interview the other day just imagine you couldn't get a white good for two years yeah what would happen people would go crazy but how many goods are produced in the US, produced in Australia, in the UK? Not a lot. Not a lot anymore. No. And our governments have to, when you think about sustainability of living, they've got to be able to look at making sure our people have access to, to these types of things. And then by doing that, let's make sure that it's actually built with the right products. And we control that. And America is a resource-rich country. Australia is massively yeah. resource-rich. 
but we don't do any manufacturing there anymore. Right. We had Holden gone, Ford gone. You know, it's it's, and then we're pulling up all our resources and we're shipping it over to places like China, etc. You know, it's just we have to get smarter about it. And the, I, what I love is I think our consumer will be prepared to pay extra for it. But if our government's funded a major manufacturing plant set up with robotics and intelligence that we could build different parts, then, then we had other manufacturers sat there pushing these parts together to make a washing machine or a dryer or something for a fridge or a pump. We could get a lot smarter. And again, it's only by steps. And it could be small steps. But if we don't start this journey, we're just going to be always reliant on other places. And I just, I, I think we're getting beyond that now. People want to know that their life's sustainable because they've got control over what they need and what and, and what they want. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get that sense of of wanting to protect the environment for for you for the for the next generations. And it's and it's protect our people. It's protect it's protect us. Yeah. And and if if we protect our people and our environment, then it's a good thing. If we just protect the environment but we don't protect people, then that's not a good thing. So Absolutely. we can't shut down all our land and not produce food, right? That just that doesn't make sense. Sure. So so getting that balance is really important to me and I think it's going that's going to be very difficult, but we're going to try. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of an exciting time in that sense. I wonder, based on those feelings that you described, those feelings of being on your farm, on that horseback, those feelings of, of peace and calm, and also those feelings of wanting to protect the environment, not just for the environment's sake, but for our sake. Um, I want to offer you a challenge. A, a, it's totally optional. You don't have to do it. Not all of our guests do it. But I wonder, is there something that you could think of that you could do to act on those feelings that you have and we have a few conditions it doesn't have to be the biggest thing it's not about doing the biggest thing that you can do having the biggest impact you could have um, it's about doing something that's meaningful to you so um, you have just doing something that you care about you know something that makes you feel good because we find that if you do something that feels good you're going to want to do more of it in the future so it has to be something that you do with your own hands so it can't just be you know, telling somebody else what to do or teaching somebody else um, has to be something measurable. So something that you can say that you were able to complete it or not. Uh, and it's a new behavior, something that you haven't done before. So is there is there anything that you can think of that you would want to try to do? Probably thinking about it in my personal life uh-huh. as, as compared to my, my business life and, yeah. and what I do at home. I've really been trying to research ways that we can displace weeds on our farm and, and weed things that have been come from overseas that, that are toxic or, or overtake the land. How we can displace those and replace them with trees that provide fodder options for our cattle and, and help us with the environment and and in a way can also then end up being a form of sustainable timber because we can rotate it. So how do we, how do we, how do I make my farm more productive, but also more sustainable, but make it also then produce something beyond food uh-huh. whilst we're producing food and produce something for the, our housing and our, and our, our living, living environment. So, so um, I've been doing some research. I, I have, 
I've, I've found things that we can definitely use as, as fodder, uh-huh. but, but I haven't yet found something that then can be easily used in, in the material afterwards. So that that's 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 my challenge my challenge at the moment. And if anybody out there knows of such things, I, I, I would I'd love I'd love I'd love to hear about it because then I think we're we're actually starting to use our land in in the best way that we the best way that we we, we can and combining every every side of it. So yeah. Oh, definitely. I like I like the direction it's going. We want to get something that we can measure. So maybe something that you can actually achieve. So maybe find something and then try it. Or or could you actually like we don't necessarily have to get to, you know, for a lot of these things, it takes five years, 10 years before you know whether you're actually achieving success or not. But but at least trying something, maybe getting getting out there, getting some of those trees in the ground or some of those plants in the ground and things. We could definitely do something like that. Yeah, and, and that's definitely what I want to do. And, and I'm actually lucky that there's a there's a sawmill um, right next door to my farm, and mm-hmm. they, they process um, pine that's grown grown out of the for, out of um, man planted forestry. So mm-hmm. sustainable sustainable pine. So literally, if I can plant some groves, and then we can once the timber's a reasonable size, we can just start to test through that sawmill. Can it be used for something, and where where would it be used, and how could they they could they process it? So, so as soon as I, I find one or two or three things that we could trial, uh, you know, we we could look at putting down four or five hundred acres of each of these and giving it wow. and, and and giving it a go and 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 see and see what happens. So I'm Fantastic. really excited about that and. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being greedy in using this as an opportunity to reach out, but I'd hope the people that are listening to this may understand more about. It. I don't understand everything, and this again, it's about sharing information, sharing challenges. Someone might go, "I know the exact tree you could do that with, Paul." Right. And 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 this is the sharing information that helps us also make our, our human lives more sustainable and and yeah. enjoyable. Definitely. So is it going to be safe to say that you're going to be getting in there and getting in there with your hands and planting a couple of trees yourself there? Absolutely, and and you you can see live. I do have scars on my arms from doing 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 fencing, and and um, I'm out in the out in the fields. I, I I work the farm as well as all my technology technology businesses, and uh, yeah, definitely hands on, and um, absolutely will be doing that. Great. Okay, so we just need to make this a smart goal. I don't know if you've heard of a smart goal. It just means specific measurable achievable realistic time bound so we've we've got to get like a quantity we've got to quantify it how much we're going to do by when so do you want to put down maybe some numbers or for you know about approximately when you'd be able to do it by and yeah look as soon as if if i could identify if i could identify the trees and have access to the trees Mm -hmm. really we could start planting that in within realistically eight to ten weeks we could actually start start the planting and because um with what i've done with my companies about uh they're actually sponsored to come and plant trees and our staff would come and plant trees we could actually use our staff to come out and do that which would pay something back to the back sure. to the environment as well so we, we could we could easily plant um a couple of thousand of these these types of trees uh-huh. within six months and and then I think we would probably have something starting to be measurable in in, in twelve months. We'd know one of have they grown? Are, are they growing? And then if we know what their growth rate is, then we can predict 
when that's going to be by. We can certainly predict then with the leaf masses and 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 etc. and what what they're doing for the what they're going to do for the environment uh-huh. and, and and air quality and all these things. So if if we could have access to that right type of tree or trees, uh-huh. we could be have something measurable and make a difference in 12 months without a doubt. There you go. All right. Well, as long as as long as you get in there and do something, get in there and plant some of those trees on your own, you will be satisfying all the conditions of the challenge. I so. can I can guarantee I can guarantee that. And Fantastic. I welcome anybody to come give me a hand as well. But uh, yeah, def- definitely in the ground and on on doing the stuff is what is what we do. Great. I'd love to hear how it goes. Um, do you want to maybe schedule once we're done recording? We can schedule to have a second. Uh, follow-up conversation just to see how it went and hear what it was like to do your uh, challenge absolutely absolutely and if, if people out there can help point me in the right direction for these trees for australia let's get them the, to join the call as well yeah and and um let's 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 make some let's make something happen so i i, I accept the challenge happy to report back on it but i'm asking for people out there who know a bit more about that side to, to, to help to help me out like as i said plenty of things that can provide fodder uh-huh. and can help with air quality and that type of thing but something then that could be processed so it, it just doesn't end up being a tree that that doesn't survive or, uh-huh. or when it when it's when it becomes less productive we replace it with a new new product but then it gets produced and goes on to do something for our for our living or construction then I would be really, really impressed. That's that would that would tick every one of the things that that I'd love to get out of it. Fantastic. All right. When we finish recording, then maybe we can set up a date to follow up on. I might even have a contact for you. One of the other guests on this podcast was uh, Jill Wagner. She has a huge. Um, she's trying to reforest Hawaii, so she's doing an entire reforesting project. She's actually in Korea right now. She was at COP26 recently. She's always all over the place doing like reforesting talks and and talking about how to do it. She might be able to help you out there. So well, that that would be perfect. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Just that, as a company, and you know, we're, there's nearly nearly six hundred people now um, across the world, and, and a big contingency in India. And in, in India's, it's facing a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges. And you know, I just I, I love all my people over over there. We just need more companies to, to try to think about refacing their business and, and, and thinking about this and as we as we do that as a business. But it's it's a it is a big challenge and you know, we just hope that people get on board and, and start to help us but add into what we can do and, and let's and let's build case studies that we can show all around the world. And when people see that it has been done and it's been successful They'll start to do it as well. So we have to, we have to lead by example. Like you said, are you going to get your hands and get dirty? Yes, but I need I need people out there if they're going to look at getting a house design, think about these things. If there's people out there who are designing homes, think about these things. People who are building homes, think about well, can we be smarter about the materials we use? Maybe I should should take one week to go and research a bit about materials and talk to people that can help me, and I can start to make little changes. If everybody just thinks about making a step one step mm-hmm. always say how do you eat an elephant one mouthful at a time right it's right. and um, we just need to take one step one mouthful and, and if we all do that it's going to make the place a lot better place fantastic thank you so much where can people go to find you online or if they want to contact you maybe they want to get involved in your tree planting find vinzero online where can we find you online so um vinzero is easy we've got a website there so it's, it's v-i-n-z-e-r-o 
And it's off the Italian name Vinzero, which is spelled with a C, which means to be victorious. Mm-hmm. And and we want to be victorious in, 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 in what we do. And if you go in there, you, you can certainly get all our contacts in there. We also have a Think Future um, that we're putting together. So it's a way people can put in information. We can talk and collaborate about, about thinking future and about designing a better world for the future. And that's so. If Vinzero, you, you go to there, you, you can certainly get to that. If you put on, the, if you put on there that you want to, you want to talk to me, um, in in any of those message areas there, I promise you that I'll reach out and we and, and we can we we can talk and um, be happy to have any any sort of communication. Other than that, the email address for me is Paul Laycock, so P A U L dot L A Y C O C K at Vinzero V I N Z E R O dot com. Fantastic. Paul Laycock, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed that conversation and I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Paul Laycock, CEO of Zero, and Eugene Bible, host of this Sustainable Life Solve for Nature podcast series. This podcast was brought to you by Vinzero. Vinzero helped the AEC and manufacturing industries keep pace with digital change and achieve their technological and sustainability leadership goals. Vinzero is a company that cares about creating and building a better world. Together, we are working with industry and environmental experts, providing forums and platforms through our Vinzero Think community to create conversations that matter to our future generations. We invite you to join in the conversation and participate in our Think community. Like and subscribe to Think Future to stay up to date with the latest innovations and conversations as we take AEC and manufacturing around the world closer to zero. You can download our podcasts at vinzero.com or from your favourite podcast platform. From Vinzero Think Future, thanks for listening.